If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. When we open the Bible, we're looking not at secular history, but salvation history. Man not knowing that, he has misinterpreted most of the great truths of Scripture. They're all mysteries. Now, these mysteries are not matters to be kept secret. They are simply mysterious in character. Now, we'll take quite a few tonight and try to piece them together for you, then tell you my personal experience that would lead you to your own conclusion. You may deny it, but they will aid you to come to your own conclusion. They asked him, what is the first and greatest commandment? And he said, this is the first commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. They're asking him now concerning adultery and marriage, and divorce. Then he goes back into the book of Genesis, the second chapter, concerning man and woman. And he takes the story and said, man leaves father and mother and cleaves to his wife and they become one. It is stated, and they become one. The two become one. This is God's arithmetic. One plus one equals one. 
on this level it equals two but who is he speaking of you just stated the first commandment that we only God is nothing but God we are told in Isaiah your maker is your husband the Lord of hosts is his name if the Lord of hosts is his name and it's your maker and he is your husband well then he pleads to you until you become one now we are told that what God has put together what God has joined that not man put asunder while man makes every effort in the world to separate man from God we speak of God as another we are not conscious of the fact that we are one and every priest, rabbi and other ministers in the world teach of another therefore there is no one he is telling us that God our maker is our husband well if our husband leaves everything and cleaves to us and we become one he said what God has joined together let not man put asunder it has nothing to do with the earthly relationship between male and female your true maker is God and God is your husband you will become one this I tell you from experience the 87th Psalm will give you, there are only seven verses it will give you such a clear wonderful picture of it let us take it now in this form and David slept with his father and he was buried in the city of David now we are told that David took the stronghold of Zion and renamed it the city of David we are told the city of David is now called the city of God and we are told in this 87th Psalm that the Lord loved Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob Zion, Bethlehem, city of God, city of David, Jerusalem are synonymous terms he loves them all more, this one city than all the dwelling places of Jacob we are told that Jacob got his name by first contending with his brother and then they called him the supplanter he contended with his father-in-law and he won out with everyone with whom he fought he won out and finally he contended with God as you read it in the 32nd chapter of Genesis and when at the end he did not give in the Lord changed his name to Israel from the outer man to the inner man Israel simply means the man who rules as God in other words God rules God commands Jacob now is a completely transformed person so he prefers 
the gates of Zion to all the dwelling places of Jacob. The successful materialist, the successful outer man, with all the great accomplishments of man, no matter what man has accomplished, he prefers the gates of Zion to all the dwelling places of Jacob. Now, where is he buried? Well, he is buried in the city of David. It was once called Zion. We are told that he took Zion by going up the water shaft. He went up the water shaft. It seemed impregnable. And he conquered Zion and renamed it the city of David. That's where he is buried. And the city of David is one with Bethlehem, and these two are one with Jerusalem, and the three are the city of God. So here it is one. And where is Christ Jesus buried? Buried in Jerusalem. Buried on Golgotha. That's where David is buried. But David said, you would not leave my soul in hell. And you, must, you have promised you would not let my soul see destruction. You find that in the 16th Psalm. Here, buried in the skull of man, is David. Everything said of David in the Old Testament is said of Jesus Christ in the New. The 89th Psalm uses the word of David. My chosen one, my servant, the firstborn, thy anointed. All these are terms used for Jesus Christ in the New Testament. In the very last book, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of all the kings of earth. Every statement there is said of David. I will make him a witness to all the peoples, as we are told in the 55th chapter of Isaiah. I will make David the witness of all the peoples. We are told he is the firstborn. For here we see in the Old Testament, which is simply an adumbration, a complete foreshadowing of what's going to happen in man. When it actually comes to fulfillment in man, they don't call him David anymore. They speak of him then as Jesus the Christ. So here he is called the Chosen. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one, let him save himself. That you read in the 23rd chapter of Luke. When he hangs upon the cross, and the wise men say, He saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one, then let him save himself. He's called his chosen one. He is called the firstborn from the dead. Now let us see what the 87th Psalm tells us. 
verses, only seven verses, he tells us this fantastic mountain that's been established by God. When he tells us God recalls as he registers the peoples. And he says, this one and that one was born in her, meaning Zion, meaning the place where David was buried. And he goes through calling the people to be awakened or buried in that one state. When I stood in the presence of the risen Lord, after having seen my angelic being check off my name, she looked at me, looked at the book, and simply checked the name, the registered name. It's there in the book. This is the time now. Then standing in his presence and answering his question as he expected it, that love is the greatest thing in the world, he embraced me. And the two became one. He who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. From that moment on, we are not two. I had gone a whoring. I had gone into harlotry, believing in powers outside of God. Believing in this, that, and the other. And then in that moment, the two became one. And if today someone is afraid of me, as some people say they are, it's only because they are afraid they may believe what I teach. They do not wish to give up a God outside of themselves. They are playing the part of the harlot, though they are a virgin. If they have never known man, and if a man has never known a woman, has never known any sexual act, but believes in a God external to himself, he or she is playing the part of the harlot. You could be tonight married and be running around all over the world, either male or female, but if you believe in the one God, here or Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, he would have nothing to do with your sexual activities outside of your so-called earthly agreement. Has nothing to do with it. So let no man put you asunder from that which you have been joined to. You've been joined to God. If you are faithful to that one God. What is his name? I am. There is no other God. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. That means destructive violence. And you do first appear that way. And it's destructive violence that comes in the earthquake, the volcano, the storm, everything. It seems that you're only sheer violence. But I have not appeared to them by my name, the Lord. He appears first by that name to Moses. But he did not appear to Moses as Father, as Love. That comes in the end. When the two become one, you are united to Love.
infinite love. And not, not one person in the world could ever divorce you from that union. This is God's arithmetic. One plus one equals one. So in the end, there is only one. There is only God. Liken this whole thing to an infinite brain. And God the dreamer. And we brain cells in the mind of the dreamer. And he awakens us one by one. And then we unite. And we become the dreamer. Everyone becomes then that one dreamer that is God. For there is only God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And let no one change this from you. And make you see him as something other than yourself. So when he calls David, it's because he first awakens. He promised David he would not leave his soul in hell. He would not let his soul see destruction. And suddenly it's within you in your own skull. And the explosion takes place. And here is David. So you kept your promise. I have made an everlasting covenant with David. My steadfast love for him. And so he kept his promise and he lifted up David. David the son. And when he lifts him up, it's because he first called you. And united you with himself. And you are one with God. There is no two now. Two become one. Now David will rise. Because he is your son. Because he is God's son. So David rises because you have been united to the Lord. And no man can put you two asunder. Because you are not two anymore. You are one. So this is the story of scripture. One being, and all of us are scattered, though all part of the brain of God. And one cell after the other awakens. As it awakens, we become one with the dreamer. And then because he is a father, the son must appear. And the son calls you father then you know who you are. So when asked to name the first and the greatest commandment, he names that from the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy. He's only fulfilling what he foretold. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Now love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind and with all your might. And now, a second I give you. Love your neighbor as yourself. You take 613 commandments, 248 positive, 365 negative, and reduces them to two positive. Only two commandments. And the two are really one. For if you love your neighbor as yourself, you are admitting that you are one. For he, if not yet awakened, he will awake. And he is going to be the father of your son. And if he is the father of your son, then he has to be you. 
so in the end there is only God nothing but God so the sufferings are simply because our departure from God we put our faith in our stocks and bonds our social position our everything but in the one whose name we really bear for his name is I am and before I say I am Neville I said I am I am then I said Neville you said though what nationality I said first I am an American you said well what race well I am taught to believe I'm a Caucasian so I said I am first then Caucasian but the one who said I am black he said I am first bears the same name and in the end he is not going to have anyone other than David for a son and I'll tell you regardless of the pigment of his skin David is blonde I don't care what father how black he is today how olive skinny he is today when he actually becomes one with God his son is going to be the blonde blue eyed lovely ruddy being described in the book of Samuel is it not said of him I have chosen one from the house go and see him and they march before him the sons are these all your sons and he said we have one left the youngest we will not sit until you fetch him so they go and bring him because he was now feeding the sheep feeding the flock so they bring him in and the voice of God said to Samuel this is he rise and anoint him he's called the anointed of the Lord and his father's name basically is I am that's what it means the son of Jesse Jesse is I am which is the name of God first he is the chosen one now he is the anointed of the Lord all this is prophetic and suddenly it comes so what I say of Jesus Christ everything is said of David therefore what is said of Jesus Christ is nothing more than a Christological reinterpretation of the story of David it is all true but it becomes alive in the one and then you don't call yourself Christ you don't call yourself by anything but you do call David David you are still John but you know who you are because if God is the father of David and you have no doubt in your mind as to your relationship then you are God and you do not use the word Christ you do not use the word Jesus you simply you are God and David is your son and that's the story but man has been divorced from this knowledge and every priest in the world still keeps man asunder by teaching what they teach the day will come they will not be able to put you asunder from the one with whom you are joined and become one the two become one let therefore no man put asunder what God has joined together and he joins you to himself and because he is the father of David you have to be the father of David but unless 
you actually believe that God is your own wonderful human imagination and all things exist in your imagination as all things exist in God you are still worshipping a God outside of yourself and you have been brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain maybe you think they're just part of getting older but Midi Health understands that for women over 40 they can all connect to menopause it's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience not just hot flashes Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. ...severed from your mate, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. So anyone in this world who sees something other than God as husband and not only husband but one with him that you be male or female and you can turn to another source for your supply another source for your power then you do not know the being that you really are but the day will come you'll be called and the Lord registers recalls the people as he registers them and he will say, this one and that one were born in her. Now, let's give it the feminine. Born in her. So, Zion becomes the mother. Where man is buried, which is really a tomb. The tomb becomes the womb. For out of that womb, you are going to be born. So, Zion, which is Bethlehem, contains it all. And everyone is going to come out of Bethlehem. He is born in Bethlehem. Who is born? God is. So where David is buried, the Father is buried. For God himself enters death's door with those who enter. And he lays down in the grave with those who enter. And then when you awake after this happiness dream, the visions of eternity, you will see the garment that the female wove for you, this garment. And then you come out of it completely, and you are born, and you are one with God. And the symbol of your union with God is the little child. And the confirmation that you are God comes daily. He is the son of God, and he is your son. And there is no disturbance whatsoever as to this conviction. Beyond any conviction you have in this world, no one can disturb this. You are the father of David. And he is the son of God. So what is said of Jesus Christ as the son of God, it was first said of David. And he said unto me, Thou art my son. Today I have begotten thee. So here the whole thing unfolds in man. And it will unfold in everyone. Or one brain cell will be missing. And it can't be missing. It's an infinite brain that is actually penetrated by an infinite being that is love. But he first appears as destructive violence. Everyone seems to think that God is vile. He allows this to happen, that to happen, that to happen. He always appears first to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob as destructive violence. It's called El Shaddai. El Shaddai simply means God Almighty. 
and you only see him in the light of power, sheer power. So whenever he appears in man, maybe that man's first appearance to those who love him and who follow him will be as sheer power. But in time, they will see him as infinite love. Infinite love. So here tonight, you take the passages that I've quoted. Read them. Read them carefully and see how they all fall into place like a great puzzle. The whole Old Testament is simply a foreshadowing. It is a prophecy, a blueprint. And then when it's fulfilled in man, in the New Testament, he who was called David the Messiah is now called Jesus Christ. He was called the Son of God, Jesus Christ is called the Son of God. He was called the firstborn, Jesus Christ is called the firstborn. He is called the King of Kings, Jesus Christ is called the King of Kings. And you'll find it all parallel. But here is one foreshadowing, and here is one realizing. So in the New Testament, the old is fulfilled. And we call that one, which was formerly called David, the son of Jesse. We call him now Jesus Christ, the son of God. But the word Jesse means God, means I am, and God simply means I am. So the whole thing unfolds within a man, and may I tell you, it's all out of the skull of man. The skulls we have here in this world are only shadows of that immortal skull that you occupy. But because there can only be one, you will not be less than any being that preceded you in the awakening. Because whoever preceded you is one with God. And God is one. And His name is one. Therefore you cannot be less or more than God. And so when you are joined together, one plus one equals one. In this world it equals two. And that's the division. That's the conflict. But in God's arithmetic, one plus one equals one. And so whenever you are standing in the presence of infinite love, you will answer correctly. You're divinely prompted. You don't have to hesitate for one second. You will say, and as you say, you're embraced, and as you're embraced, you're fused, and as you're fused, you're united to the Lord. And he who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So one body, one spirit, one Lord, one God and Father of all. So here is an infinite brotherhood that together form God the Father. And as a father, there must be a son. And the son is David. And David is the symbol of humanity. So everything comes out. And that perfect being stands before you. And here he is David. A friend of mine, he isn't here tonight. He wrote me a very sweet letter this past week. He said, I had a, either a dream or a vision. It was very vivid. I saw a woman who had 12 daughters. In the vision or dream, I knew the names of each. Eleven of them were born maimed. A foot missing, an arm missing, something missing. But one was born perfect, and she was a virgin who gave birth to a son. Her name was Glory. But all the time, 
I was thinking of Mary. Of course, she was raised a Catholic and raised in the tradition. She was thinking of Mary, but her name was Glory, which is God himself. As we told you last Monday, I will make my glory to pass before you. And when I pass by, therefore my glory and I are synonymous. So her name was Glory and she was perfect. And everyone wanted to know who was the father of her son. And all the tongues people cried, she, I knew it, and she, glory, she knew it. But we wouldn't tell because they didn't ask us. And then someone said, David is the father of the child. And then someone came forward and struck him on the head and knocked him down. And others came with knives and he simply cried out because of the blow and the two knives that they pierced into him. And then she woke. And she wondered, what on earth could this be? Because I can conceive in my rational mind that I would ever want to kill David. Well, all dreams are egocentric. All dreams. You are the dreamer. And the dreamer is God. It's telling you a story. It's a glorious story that was revealed to her. Here 12 means either governmental order on earth or in heaven, but it's order. Here is the one now, and the one's name is Glory, and she brings forth a son, and no one knows the father. The search of all in this world is for the father, to find the identity of the father. And they would kill the son, the only one that could reveal the father for no one in this world will ever reveal you as father my words cannot convey the conviction that is necessary to reveal it it takes David himself to reveal it I could tell you from now to the ends of time that you are the father of David but until the actual experience is experienced by you you cannot have that surety so here the destruction it is still the old habit crying out to destroy that's why I said earlier why do people fear me? he feared me recently greatly and thought me evil because they are afraid they may believe me so in the dream that followed it's only a few days ago the crowd called the tongues people struck him over the head and knocked him cold and then he cried out because of the pain and then he cried out because of the harshness of the knives that were put into it and she wondered why should I rational mind no the rational mind would not want to destroy David but she is not dealing with the rational mind she is dealing with something deep within her that's been actually planted in her from childhood it is a difficult thing to overcome prefabricated misconceptions of the great mystery of Christ when I tell you he is David and you are the father of David and therefore you are God so who is the father? God is the father but who do they kill? they kill the son the father is invisible they do not kill the father they always kill the son so the attempt to rub out the son and that's told us in the great prophecy or the parable I should say 
sent, they killed all the servants that came, one after the other. Then he sent his son. And they took the son and said, he is the heir. If we kill him, then we have the estate. So they killed the son. And what then did he ask when the father, the king himself comes, what would he do to the servant? Because they can't kill the father. The father is invisible, made known only by the son. So they, they didn't kill him. The attempt to kill him was made, but they did not kill him. But it was a lovely tried in the right direction, as far as this lady is concerned. Because only a few weeks ago, he was turned completely against the speaker. Because of something, a disturbance, which must come to all of us, in the household. And I became in her eyes an evil person, an evil spirit, an antichrist. Well, yes, I am completely anti-Christ as the world accepts Christ. I've been sent to betray the true Christ. Now, I'll tell you who he is. I've told you who he is. So everything I have said about David, read it in the New Testament, it is said of Jesus Christ. And what did he say? I have come only to fulfill Scripture. So what being am I fulfilling? Well, was it said of David that he was the firstborn? Well, it said of me. Well, it must be David I am fulfilling. Was it said of him, he is my chosen one? Well, it said of me, I am the chosen one. Was it said of him that he is the anointed of the Lord? Well, my first words in Luke, after the temptation, he goes into the synagogue as was the custom on the Sabbath. And they passed him a book, and when he opened to the page called the 61st of Isaiah, he began to read it. And the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me to anoint. They anointed David. And as they anointed David, what did they say? Right, you read in the 16th chapter of 1 Samuel. And so the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that moment forward. He is quoting the 61st chapter of Isaiah, but it is David who precedes the 61st chapter of Isaiah. And they came under the orders of the Lord, and they came to David. And then Samuel turned to the father, Jesse. Are these your only sons? He said, no, there's the youngest, and the youngest is tending the sheep. Bring him in. And the Lord spoke, this is he, rise and anoint him and David took that is Samuel took the oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that moment forward so in the New Testament in the book of Luke as he actually began the ministry as you're told he came out of the wilderness where he ignored all temptation and he would serve only God then he took the book and opened it up and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. That's how he begins his ministry. Actually quoting the words said of David in the 16th chapter of Samuel, 1 Samuel. And you take every claim made of him, the King of Kings has said it of David. He was the shepherd, said it of David. He is my shepherd. But now the whole thing is fulfilled. And the only one that stands before you, and he is not called Jesus Christ, may I tell you, 
you are the Lord Christ Jesus who is God a week in you but because he is father there's a son and the son remains David so David calls you father and you know you are his father and you know he is your son there is no uncertainty whatsoever between you and your son this relationship is forever so he awakens cell after cell after cell it's only himself God is awakened and there is nothing but God so in the end we are all God but it takes all of us completely awake to be God the Father now you dwell upon these passages and try to put them together and take what I've told you concerning my own experience standing before the risen Lord infinite love and here he become one we were two I stood before him I was one and he was one then I answered him correctly love and he said what is the greatest thing in the world I said love and love embraced me and refused he ceased to be two we are one and now when he sends me to the world he who sees me sees him who sent me if you see me if you see him but if they do not see him they will put you out of the synagogues in those days they were called synagogues today they are called churches places of worship they will put you out excommunicate you in fact they will kill you and think they are doing God a service because they know neither my father nor me if they only knew my father they would know me for he who sent me has never left me and if you see me you see my father but you can't see my father through this garment of flesh and blood therefore you can't see me because we are one now let us go into the silence Are there any questions, please? And you said that you can tell us, but we have to experience it. What do you recommend is the easiest way to experience the techniques or the methods to gain the inner experience? Well, that question was asked in this manner in Scripture. Lord, what must we do to be doing the work of God? He said, believe in him whom he has sent. 
may not seem rational. It may not seem anything that you could uh, use for Caesar's world, but believe in him whom he has sent. He does teach a very simple law, how to cushion the blows, the inevitable blows in Caesar's world. Which I'll try to explain on Monday. I can't go on forever along one line, so on Monday I will take up that aspect of it. But it's secondary to this. This is the important thing. For if by that law you gain the world, gain everything, as I said tonight, but I use words of scripture, which unless you understand scripture, you will not see it. That he liked the gates, and the Lord loved the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Jacob signifies this whole vast world and all the comforts that you could by the use of law as he did he used the law wisely he deceived his father-in-law by using a wonderful technique of putting popular things these trees atop the tree before the female animals at the time of breeding and actually when the bulls came through to sire the cows they were looking at these stripes and he made a, a better deal with his father-in-law that the offspring that had stripes or spots all belonged to him and those that were not and the father knew that that's an easy thing to win for the simple reason he had all the brown cows all of one color and David put different uh, stripes on the pole and spots on the pole and as they came up to be sired that impression of that moment of uh, intensity they would reproduce in themselves what they're looking at so man always becomes what he beholds especially the moment of creation so here was the creative act and so David outsmarted his father-in-law Laban and got all the cattle so when they brought forth not brown cattle as they were they brought forth the spotted and the striped cattle so he used the technique of mind to outsmart all of them, smart his brother Esau, his father-in-law, those in battle and then at the end the Lord changed his name from Jacob to Israel, man who rules as God but he liked the gates of Zion where all are buried including his one son David now bear in mind the words and David slept with his fathers, it's plural. David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. That is in the second Kings, the tenth verse. He slept with his fathers, but well, we are the fathers. But only one son. And we the father, we are individually the father of that one son. Because there's only one God. It takes all the fathers to make the father. Well, until the next time. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.